I'm back. Um, no reaction videos for the last couple of weeks for me. I did one for episode five, I think, but um, haven't gotten around to editing it. I might not even put it up, um, but we'll see. Uh, but I'm back I for this. At least I was able to watch the episodes solo, which is like it's always kind of nice to just be able to watch it without the eyes of uh, TJ Eckelberg looking over you. <laughs> That's a great Gatsby <laughs> reference. Um, I think I got that name right. Uh, but uh, it was uh, just way too tough to swing making those live streams with the baby. Just you're going nap and then feed and like people come and want to see the baby and mom was in town. Yeah. Uh, which was great. But um, <clears throat> sad I got to miss those last two um, reactions. But I'm back now for at least the, the breakdown of the final season. It would have felt, felt wrong if I didn't do this, you know, final thoughts. <laughs> well, I would hate to have to show. do a breakdown by myself on this, yeah. honestly, because I like having a rapport with somebody. I do not enjoy being the only person in front of the camera. I like having somebody to bounce ideas off of. So I am appreciative that you came back for this episode, dude. I didn't even do a breakdown on last week's episode because I thought it was so bad. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Um, yeah, and we can just condense those into two. I don't think we'll do a f like I'm going to gloss over a lot of the scene by scene stuff just because we don't sure. need to, to to get super into detail with it. We all know what happened, and we can kind of treat these two as like the last episodes of the season together. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a seven and eight breakdown technically for those joining us, and thank you for joining us. If you're a returning subscriber, if you're new to the channel, thank you. If you're someone who's hate watching because you saw some of our older videos where we mildly <laughs> criticized the show and and you got really <laughs> angry about it, welcome to you too. Despite what you may think, we're happy to have you here watching. Um, and we appreciate it. It's been an interesting go around. We've had some ups and downs this season. And we ended on a strange note, I would say. <laughs> um, but let's just jump in. You want to just jump in? Any Star Wars news? Anything you wanted to get out of the way before we jump oh, in? Oh, well, sad news. One of uh, a prominent a costume designer, I guess, on The Mandalorian and Ahsoka passed away. Oh, that's sad. Who's that? Recently. Oh, her name... I don't know how you say her last name, but it's Shauna Tripic. It's T R P C I C. Yeah, Tripic. Shauna Tripic. She passed away very suddenly. She was, I believe, she was like fifty six, fifty eight. Um, mm. but she was a costume designer for The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka, and she was nominated for an Emmy this year. Oh, that's horrible. I know that's really sad. Wow, we've lost two, um, big contributors to the star wars yeah. universe with ba um ray stevenson as balen skull and now costume designer which the costumes pretty good i would uh, say that's she, not an easy was, job either she was 56 oh that's so very sad. young She's super young yeah wow <laughs> that's horrible well sorry to hear that um hopefully our family's okay our thoughts go out to her and her family that's some sad news to start with yeah not um, ideal a way to kick off the show Sorry, no, just... but she will be greatly missed um, for Star Wars, I would say. I mean, costumes, I think we can all agree for the last couple Star Wars shows have been pretty pretty great, and that's not an easy job to have. So, um, yeah, thoughts go out to her family. Um, on a lighter note, uh, we have a full Ahsoka breakdown to do, finishing up the series. So, mm -hmm. episodes uh, seven and eight... First one is I forget the title of it. What is it? It's something. Uh, is it dreams and or is it dreams and madness? Maybe that's what it is. The official description is Hera must answer to the New Republic while far, far away. A reunion takes place. This was written by Dave Filoni and directed by Gita Vasant Patel. I hope I said that right. Um, 
But you want to jump in? Shall yeah, we jump into this? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, okay. let's, let's jump into this. I have words. <laughs> okay. I have some thoughts. <laughs> I have, some have thoughts words. As well. I have some thoughts as well. Um, okay. So we start out. It's We see Hera in this hearing on Coruscant uh, talking with Mon Mothma and some other like senators. Um, that guy, I don't know how to say his name. Ziono. 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 They're just grilling her for for her going off and being rogue on this mission and wasting resources or whatever's happening. And she's just trying to explain to them like, Oh, this is a big deal and whatever, like you guys should care more. And, um, they don't, Ziono's dismissing everything she's saying. Uh, we do get an interesting point here where he mentions Moff Gideon, uh, how he acted on his own, but I'm guessing this was all right after the events of Mando season three. Yeah. So we do have a, a, a very, uh, confirmed timeline. At this point, <laughs> finally, somebody uh, yeah. even acknowledges it. Yeah, so they're arguing about a disobeying orders, and we see a cameo come in for this season. Another cameo. We see C three PO coming in on behalf oh, wow. of Leia Organa, talking about how Sindula's mission was approved by her, and everything's fine. It's no big deal, and uh, whatever. They they dismiss this thing, and and Mon Mothma pulls Hera aside to say that she knows. Uh, Leia didn't authorize this mission and Hera's like well she did eventually and then uh, she's like how real is the threat of Thrawn's return <laughs> she's like we have to prepare for the worst and hope for the best and that's how the episode opens and um, I don't know this scene I just ugh. it was a um, maybe maybe I'll kick us off here the C-3PO thing I felt like that was a very blatant now stand and clap because it's somebody you know scene <laughs> That's how that yeah. came off to me, where they were trying to make it be this big reveal, and I don't think it played off the way it was intended, or at least that's the way it came off to me. Yeah. I also don't think that the New Republic is entirely wrong for grilling Hera yeah. on this, because she technically is just disobeying direct orders. She's not a good general. You know, no, she like just, she, she just throws rank in front of everybody. She's she not a does. good mom either. She's probably the most <laughs> unlikable character in the show, in my opinion. Mm, and that... I just thought her acting here was like, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying what you're. It's what you're just out. it's just sarcastic and with no respect towards anyone. Like the line where she goes, um, uh, Ziono's like, uh, well, you disobeyed orders from the New Republic, and she goes, No, I disobeyed you, or whatever the line was there. Yeah. I was like. Ah! no that's not it that's not the vibe it's yeah. just this is the problem i have with the female leads in this show is they all seem to be portraying one emotion which is sassy comebacks except maybe ahsoka who's just very reserved and we can get to that when we get to that yeah. but with sabine and Hera, it's just like constant like no screw you i'm doing my own thing and it's like yeah. could we actually have a moment where she's humbled yeah. And she's like, I made a mistake, but I did it with the best intentions. Yeah. Because then it just makes her out to be like this extremely unlikable person who goes against the book for literally no reason at all. Yeah. And I also, I just, I don't know. I still don't really fully understand her character. This is a criticism with the show in general, which I think is like, they relied too much on previous content to, to build the structure for the show without letting it stand on its own. And so she's always just kind of been for this show for me because I didn't I haven't watched Rebels all the way through is like I don't really get her motivations and why she is the way she is you know so it's tough. Um, well, they didn't really. We, 
Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, before we go any further, I just wanted to say, like, there's a lot of strong elements with the show. And I'm going to talk about the show as a whole a lot through this episode because it's the the show's over with now. There's a lot of strong things with the show and a lot of things that I was happy with. And some of the things I was happy with was the uh, cinematography in some of the episodes. Um, the set design was really good in some of these episodes. Some of the creativity with and sound design and stuff like that was like really cool. And it, it filled in a lot of areas where like I think Andor and Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi really lacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people think Andor is the greatest show ever, but I think that this show did a lot of things a little bit better than, than Andor. However, with this scene... The set felt very fan filmy to me. <laughs> might be a nitpick. <laughs> might be a total nitpick, but it just felt like I don't know. Like the New Republic just seems so lame, dude. They seem yeah. so lame and unlikable and uncool. And that, that's been the case for all the shows that we've seen the New Republic in th- yep. thus far. They're just I don't know. I, I don't fully get it. I don't fully get the vibe they're going for. And this is partially the sequel's fault. Like they, they didn't really establish that in the sequels. We never got to saw, see the New Republic really before it was mm-hmm. the rise of the First Order or whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I just I felt like this, this scene was just like I thought the writing was really just choppy, and I thought the set was like I don't know. It just felt cheap to me. Convoluted. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I just uh, I don't know I her, her telling Mon Mothma it's a serious threat I just I don't know I wasn't like buying it it was just like oh I just a, I don't a feel lot the of emotion this, there a lot of this show I think I think the major issue with this show is they are constantly telling you things but they're not showing you so mm-hmm. for example the threat of Thrawn we're constantly told throughout this show this is a bad thing if he comes back but they don't give us a lot of evidence as to why it's so bad that he comes back. They just constantly yeah. tell each other that it's really bad Thrawn's if he return. comes back. Right. So and they expect everyone to know exactly who he is. If, well, it's the simplest. If you are an uninitiated watcher of Star Wars and you don't, you're not full on, you're not fully caught up on the books and the cartoons and all this stuff. You have no clue who this guy is. You're like, why? I don't get it. You're totally right. Why is this guy so dangerous to come back? And I, I didn't, I didn't see that once throughout the entire show. Why he's a force to be reckoned with? You know. Well, what I mean? the dialogue also doesn't back this up either. So in the scenes where Mon Mothma, Mon Mothma, and Hera are talking, as an example, they're very basic conversations. So it'll be like, how real is the threat of Thrawn's return? Well, we have to prepare for the worst, and then they cut it off. Instead of having these two characters actually get into a dialogue about why it would be so bad if Thrawn comes back. To end this scene really quickly, I was not a really big fan about how Hera was like, oh, well, Leia did approve it eventually. Like, it just felt really cheap. It's like, don't don't we have any consequences for actions in this show? Like, can't Hera just stand up and be like, I firmly believe this is happening. I'm sorry if this came off as disrespectful, but this is very very important because the fate of our galaxy is like yeah in the hands of these two individuals so i don't know it, it just I, the whole leia approved that thing i didn't really buy it i just felt yeah. like it was a cheap way to clear Hera's name if yeah. that makes sense yeah also i don't care about her story arc to be honest like they just haven't made me care about the character what are enough <laughs> exactly what arc? um okay so moving on i want to get through this Moving on, uh, they jump through hyperspace. We see Hu Yang and Ahsoka. They're trying to find Sabine. They get out of the space whales, and they start going to Peridia. And 
there's like little mines there to destroy the purgel or purgle, however you say it. Tomato, tomato. And, yeah, whatever. And um, they have to fly through and they go into this debris field to try to escape uh, Thrawn killing them. So we see Thrawn, he's with Enoch, and they are talking about how this starship has entered the system. And Thrawn is like talking to Morgan about Tano, Ahsoka Tano, and then he's like, we'll be one step ahead of her no matter what. Again, just telling us how smart he is. <laughs> uh, you also skipped over the Anakin hologram thing. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, you're right, I did. Oh, yeah, sorry, totally. I'm an idiot. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute, guys. Sorry. She's doing the, which is actually one of the good scenes of this this episode, is she's doing the like training, and you see Anakin's hologram. He's talking to her about the Clone Wars, what kind of trials she's going to face against Grievous. We get an Asajj Ventress shout-out, Count Dooku, mm-hmm. telling her to practice her lightsaber forms. Hu Yang watches, and... She says that uh, Anakin made 20 of these recordings, and that was the last one he did. Which, give us the recordings. <laughs> yeah, give us all the recordings. Give us more Anakin. That's what we want to see. That so, works yeah. on me. I'm not going to lie. Anything with Anakin, that works on me. I'm not even going to lie about it. Yeah, I, you got to love seeing our boy Hayden Christensen, who's been the highlight of the show still to this day, was the best part about it. Um, Touche. So, okay. And then, oh, by the way, then we have another mention of Anakin when Thrawn is talking to Elsbeth about Ahsoka, he's saying that her master was Anakin Skywalker. Ooh. Um, <laughs> it's so funny where he like looks at the thing and he's like... <laughs> There's yeah. so many memes online of yeah. people just clipping that one shot of Thrawn looking up going, her master was Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one from Ratatouille you posted. That one's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so then they, they chase her. I already went through that part. They chase her. They give up Pursuit. And then, let's see, oh, Hu Ying says he's going to run a scan to try to find Sabine so that they can find her. Then, meanwhile, we go to this caravan of the turtle people, and they're moving extremely slowly across <laughs> this planet. Which, positive thing here, I think this planet looks interesting and cool. Like, it seems very dark, and like, it's kind of a different type of world. And Lord of the Rings. Yeah, some cool, cool, some cool shots here, I thought. And anyways, they're talking about the Battle of Endor, and if the Emperor died, and Sabine's like, well, that's what people said. But Which, so, of course, we, know we had to throw Palpatine that returned. line. We <laughs> yeah. have to throw that line in there to make the sequels make sense. Yeah. Uh, and then Ezra's like, I missed everything. And she's like, oh, I thought we'd never find you. And then whatever. I just, I this conversation wasn't super interesting. <laughs> it was extremely, I believe that this episode was probably the least popular of the entire season. I know a lot of people that are not happy with the finale, but this episode, everyone was like, what the heck was this? Yeah, I think the the consensus was the same on all of it, but their conversation here was extremely flat because apparently the only emotion that Sabine and Ezra can convey to each other is quip, quip back, yeah, smirk, smirk back. It's like, guys, can we have a moment of genuine human emotion? Because if, I don't know, if I was gone for 10 years and I had been fighting the Empire and trying so hard to save my friends and family from it, for one of my best friends to come back into my life and be like, hey, by the way, we destroyed it. It's gone. I would have been like, holy shit, what happened? Yeah. (laughs) Well, also just talking like a normal person talks. Like none of these, none of these people talk like normal people. Like you don't talk like you and I are having a conversation. (laughs) Which is They're reading lines off a script and saying, hey, Ezra. Uh, Gareth Aurelios is now training recruits. Hera is now a general. Yeah. 
Yeah, Instead of being like, like, oh my God, I, yeah. I can't believe all this stuff happened. I can't believe there's the so many, dead. There's like, so many quips just to each other. Like Hera's the queen of this. She just quips the whole show. <laughs> uh, Sabine loves to quip. Ahsoka loves to look smugly at people and fold her arms and like just judge everybody and, and go, mm, look how much smarter I am than you. Mm. Mm, look at me. Mm. Yes. <laughs> the hand, the yeah. Yeah. This is like a trademark thing that she does in animation, but they may have abused it too much in live action. A hundred percent. That's uh, we, you and I have talked about this and we Bad have episodes, the little they always go like this. They always go like this in Bad Batch. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Bridger is talking to about. Uh, oh yeah, oh, and then sorry. he's like, he's like, rightfully so. He's like, uh, oh, so Ahsoka took you on as uh, your apprentice, really? Mm-hmm. Genuine, good, like natural reaction to have. And she's like, go on. Yeah. And then it's, uh, I don't know, like the whole thing just felt so dumb. Like it was just a dumb conversation, and it would have been nice to see some. What happened here? Is this person yeah. okay? Yeah, which we, by the way, we get a quick, brief sentence that covers their whole relationship, which I think is hysterical um, <laughs> just later what? in the episode, which oh. is about Sabine and, and Ahsoka, which is like, they just, okay, all this tension you <laughs> built up over the season, they explain in one sentence um, later on, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, but then also, she's he's like, is it complicated? And she's just like, yeah. Oh, I like, hated okay. that line. My response, yeah. and somebody was like, I laughed so hard when you said that. I was, she goes, it's complicated. And I just spit out, uncomplicated to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and somebody was like, that in the comments, they were like, that made me laugh so hard. But also, like, in my personal opinion, Ezra would be asking more questions and prodding her a lot more for answers as opposed to just being like, yeah, okay. I find it weird that he would just sit back and be like, oh, yeah, okay, it's complicated, whatever. Like, yeah, Also, no, you have all the time in the world. You're going at a snail's pace across the plains Well, here. also, like, where is the sense of urgency? Like, Sabine is acting like they have all the time in the world, when in reality, they don't have a way to get off the planet. She thinks Ahsoka is dead. Thrawn is about to escape, and she's just chilling with Ezra, and there's no sense of urgency to the situation. They're just chilling. I also just don't buy their <laughs> friendship, like – Ezra, he's a good actor. I like that guy. I think he had. I like him too. I think the writing for him wasn't amazing. And there's, uh, there's a scene that comes up later that I just feel like such wasted potential for him. But I like. I don't buy them just being like friends. Like it's just they don't talk to each other like friends talk to each other. You haven't seen this guy in years, and like Mm -hmm. you're gonna be sitting there, can't not being able to wait to tell the next thing. You know? Or be like, hey, we have to get off this planet now because yeah. the person that you fought so hard to get away from us is now planning a massive jump to hyperspace. And also, the Night Sisters of Dathomir are involved. So we're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> so- <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, dude, I I don't know. I just their relationship, I – again, they rely too much on Rebels to explain the, the context here. And even now, I think people who watch Rebels are confused by their relationship. So – uh, they are into each other, okay? That entire yeah. conversation they were having, the way they were looking at each other is not the way friends yeah. look at each other. That is a I want you look <laughs> if I've ever seen it. I just don't understand why we can't have – I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to move on. Uh, I don't want to be too <laughs> negative here. So at the at the end of this, we see Balin and Shin uh, who are with the bandits watching on a hilltop um, who are sitting on their little Lord of the Rings wolf things. And so we see the three witches now – uh, they, and Thrawn wants them to find Ahsoka. They use these little drone orb things to just pinpoint exactly where she is through Night Sister magic. Can I can I add something here real quick on that? Yeah. If they could do that to find Ahsoka, why didn't they just do that to find Ezra? 
who? The Night Sisters. Oh, uh, I don't think Thrawn really cared about him, did he? I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like, he's like, well, we're going to let... Um, when he was like, hey, Sabine, I'll let you go find your friend. It it made it sound like she was uh, where... I'm not sure if this was dialogue that he had, so nobody... So, like, take this for, with a grain of salt, but it sounded like he genuinely didn't know where Ezra was so he let Sabine go to oh, find so Ezra so Balin yeah. and Shin could kill yeah. them and if anyway. he really needed to find Ezra and you would think that he would kill Ezra because Ezra's a Jedi and therefore a threat to Thrawn why wouldn't he just have the Night Sisters yeah. use their magical orb powers in the same way that they tried to find Ahsoka <laughs> yeah you're right actually it doesn't make like sense. did nobody consider that <laughs> from a writing standpoint I guess not because I don't even know what are these red orbs? Are they just, they can find anything? Is that how, I don't know. They they they're, they're multifaceted orbs. You can use them to hold a prisoner, like they did with Sabine. Yeah, <laughs> you can true. use yeah. them to track Jedi. Oh God, I don't really right. know. They, what do, they, they like bind Sabine in one of those episodes. I forgot. Um, okay, <laughs> keep going. I'm sorry. So, oh yeah, that's right. So then we uh, we go to. Ahsoka's ship. She can't find Sabine. She's like, we don't need a scan. I can find another way. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, Ahsoka calls out to Sabine through the Force, and uh, suddenly Sabine's focus drifts off when Briz- Ezra's talking to her, and a sense of realization crosses her face. Uh, uh, another side note says, here: she quietly says Ahsoka's name. What? Another note here: why, why didn't we have a moment in the show of Sabine? potentially trying to reach out to the force to find Ezra. It doesn't work on her end. And then Ezra force connects to Sabine. That would have made so much more sense because Ezra and Sabine have such like a deep bond as opposed to Ahsoka and Sabine. Cause we're shown throughout the show that Ahsoka and Sabine are not on the same wavelength. And even mm-hmm. Huang comments on it in this scene. He goes, do you really, do you really think your bond is that strong? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and That's then, true, so yeah. It, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The fact that Ahsoka reaches out to Sabine through the force, especially when Sabine isn't really that strong. And it just would have made a lot more sense had they given that moment to Ezra and Sabine because they're so much closer and her desire to see him supposedly is a lot stronger than to do what Ahsoka says. I don't know. I thought that was weird. Yeah, whatever. that's a good point. So now we see the Night Sister (laughs) saying she's found Ahsoka um and then thrall's thrawn's like open fire to uh what's the guy's name enoch yeah enoch um we hardly and knew then we see it says here in the description on the t6 tana remains lost in her distance there her <laughs> character should just be called distance there because that's <laughs> she does the whole show is just mm, she did. yes mm. <laughs> And then suddenly we see turbo lasers raining down on them. And then they have to race towards Peridia. They try to escape. Thrawn's like, well done, Enoch. You did a great job. Um, re-engage the opponent. And um, then we see we go back to the, the plains of Peridia. And we see the turtle people seeing two mounted figures in the distance. Ezra's like, are those friends of yours? She's like, no. Balin tells Shin to contact Thrawn and orders her to kill Ren and Bridger. He tells her to take her place in the coming empire when shin asks if she he is not helping this uh, balen says that her ambition drives her in one direction but he has a different path okay i oh okay 
Uh, <laughs> what? And then, okay, never mind. I'll, I'll get I'll get to this in a second. So then, uh, Shin sends the location to Thrawn, but before they leave, Balin gives her one lesson, one final lesson: that impatience will lead to defeat. And then he just fucks off and leaves. <laughs> what? Where did he go? Why did he leave her? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't. I'm so, I was so confused by this. Like genuinely, like what? What was? What's happening? Here? It was. It was very vague. And in the final episode, they they kind of answer it, but not really. No, dude, they don't answer it. And we can get to that in the next episode. I have they, so do, many they, they do, on, and they do, and they don't. They do, but and like, they don't. But this, I, this when you said was one basically final lesson. I'm like, you're wait, you're leaving her? Wait, why? This what is like the last on? bit of dialogue that Ray Stevenson has as Balin in the show. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. And Shin, because I don't believe Shin speaks once in the finale either. That is a weird place to end those characters. Super weird, considering it's they weird. were like some of the most interesting characters we've gotten. It would have been more interesting if, and again, we can talk about this at the very, very end when we're going through the finale as well, but it would have been incredibly interesting had they had a fight about what they were supposed to do. And Balin's like, no, I'm going off and going over here. And if you want to survive, you need to go do this. And it could have been like a really interesting split. Yeah. But it was just very casual. And it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're done with each other. Bye now. And it just didn't add, add up with the rest of the season, especially like their dynamic as master yeah. and apprentice. It was like, okay, well, yeah, you've served that's, your that's purpose in this story. So. I'm like, why are you? I don't, I don't, I truly don't understand why he just left. Doesn't make any sense to me. If someone can explain that, please let me know. Let me know if I'm crazy <laughs> for not understanding that. But I don't know. I was very I mean, confused by him just leaving her and being like, hey, last lesson. I know we've been really close for this whole show and now I'm just going to leave you. What? Okay. It, it's the Whatever. Mortis thing, which we'll talk about at the end. But okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad there's at least some explanation for it. Um, all right, so they find out about location, and then Thrawn's talking to Morgan about if Balin proves capable, they may win the day, okay? Um, and then we see the bandits that are pursuing the caravan, and they start kind of uh, attacking them. Uh, Ezra's like, oh, we're peaceful people. They're peaceful. They don't have weapons, all that stuff. And he tells the guys to take shelter in the meantime ahsoka is getting chased by uh, the starfighters this is when sabine and ezra get out of their little caravan thing and tell everyone else to stay inside so then meanwhile we see ahsoka telling hu yang to land but he's like that's not protocol whatever which by the way quick note on hu yang like really well-written character i will say positively hu yang is a cool character they did a great job in all elements the effects with him the sound uh design the voice acting the writing i thought was just it was a, he was an interesting character, like and, an interesting. He he added interesting dialogue, which is why I was so confused about other elements and other characters where we didn't have as interesting a dialogue. But he had like whoever wrote him specifically did a good job. I thought he expressed more than Ahsoka and Sabine. <laughs> he totally did. He totally did. He had like funny, way more quippy, and like fit his personality, which yeah. was like it's, he's a droid, he's reserved. Yeah, but like there was personality to it. There was. Uh, the the inflection in his voice, like there was still emotion behind it in a weird way, considering he's not a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just shout out to David Tennant and uh, whoever worked on that character because I thought he was great from start to finish. Like I, I completely have no, agree. No comments on Hu Yang whatsoever. I completely um, agree. Very interesting character. But also, it's David Tennant, so yeah, Look, <laughs> the dude's fan- amazing. Fantastic job. Fantastic job. 
Ahsoka exits the cockpit and she slides down and then Hu Yang leads the starfighters on a chase. And then Shitano is met by Balin, who says he didn't expect to see her again. And then she asks if he's disappointed. He says nobody can allow, cannot allow her to interfere. He draws his lightsaber. Ahsoka says she doesn't have time for this. After a wait, Balin charges at Ahsoka and the duel begins. Okay, we can get to this in a second, but I thought this was a little weird. Meanwhile, we see two bandits approaching Sabine and Ezra, and we see Sabine handing him see Sabine handing Ezra his former lightsaber, which I was like, okay, cool. This could be like a a really cool moment to see how badass mm-hmm. Ezra is. This guy that we've talked about the whole season. If you're uninitiated to Rebels and you haven't watched it, you don't know who, who this guy is, what he's capable of. This is a perfect opportunity to show what a badass this guy is. And then he just says he doesn't need it. And he, I gave it to you. It's yours. And she's like, I can use my blasters. He's like, no, I don't need them either because the Force is my ally. And then they start fighting. By the way, and apparently not because he builds a lightsaber in the next episode. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Uh, yeah, he starts. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I think this was a missed opportunity to just show who this Ezra guy is. Because, again, if you didn't watch every other piece of Star Wars content before this, you're a little lost. Mm-hmm. And my my whole thing, and I've said this since the beginning, is you need to let the show stand on its own. You can't have shows rely too much on other shows. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like as a whole, they're just not going to be as good. And when it comes down to it, this is how I've always been with every Star Wars show. I'm comparing it to every single other TV show, not just Star Wars content. And you, that's what you have to do. If you want to mm-hmm. know if a show is really, really good or not, they should be. it should be able to stand on its own and still be really good. And you shouldn't mm-hmm. have to like read up on a bunch of stuff beforehand. And um, I'll get to this in like my final thoughts, but like they just relied too much on previous content and Ezra just left a lot more to be wanted from that character. After talking about him for the first half of the season, then we meet him and then there's, it's a very underwhelming meeting. And then you're like, Oh, maybe he's going to fight with his lightsaber. No, he does like force karate. And you're like, okay, um, I, I'm just kind of confused as to who this guy is. And then, you know, we see him later and we'll get to that in a couple scenes, but, um, or a couple episodes, uh, next episode, but just misused, I think, especially in this scene. It would have been really nice to see like him be a badass and like take his old lightsaber back. It would have been cool. It's just very strange to me how there's a lot of things that are strange to me about this scene. I think it is weird that he didn't take it back for at least a second. You don't have to have him using it the entire time, but I just find it weird that he would turn it down. And when he says, oh, I don't need it, you know, the force is my ally. Oh, okay, that's fine. But then why do you have him build an, a lightsaber in the next episode? Yeah, it, it just doesn't add up on top of that. You know, him and Sabine are standing there and they're like posing and they're having their quippy dialogue while these supposed bandits are not firing at them for some reason. Mm. And they have them completely surrounded. It's just really, really strange. The whole way that scene played out. It's like, I don't know. Could you have them maybe fighting and then bantering together? You know, yeah. even that would have been better had they been like fighting. And she's like, you need to take this. And he's like, I don't need it. <laughs> like that yeah. would have been more fun as opposed to the awkward one shot on top of them and then they're just standing and quipping and looking at all the bad guys and the bad guys aren't making a move. Yeah. I just yeah, thought it, it was very much like they were and- just making, they were just hitting the beats they wanted to hit without like thinking about how you get to those beats. If that makes right, sense. Right. Or just like the interplay. It's like you can have them fighting and they can still be having this banter. That's like a trademark of rebels. Right. 
I well, yeah. I mean, I guess you want to know because you never saw it. But like, even like in Clone Wars, they have scenes like that all the time, where it's like the characters will be fighting, but they'll also be throwing these comments at each other, and that's part of the fun interplay of the scene. Here, they mm. were just kind of standing there, yeah. and nobody. It's just it, it just played out very strangely, especially because nobody's firing at them, and it's like the whole scene was meant to perfectly align so they could have this awkward little banter in the beginning. On top of that, too, choreography for Ezra was like, nah. You know, you really could have done something super cool with the fighting style of just using the force. But it was if I don't know if it was the directing or I don't know if it was the choreography, but it just felt like the camera was sitting here and then he's like doing all of these things, but they don't look remotely as cool. Yeah. <laughs> because of the stagnant camera angles. I don't know. It just it wasn't all that impressive to me. And I think that they could have made that scene a lot more fun if they had just maybe mixed the dialogue and the action a little bit more instead of the awkward, we're just going to stand here and quip. Well, ev- well all, yeah, everybody around I, us wait to shoot us. I don't shoot hate us. the idea of doing like force karate, you know, which is no, it's a great doing, idea, but I just, uh, you're, I just the execution of it. I just, I don't know. Dude, he could, he could have been like a turret from rogue one. Yeah. Turret yeah. from rogue one is so yeah, cool. badass, dude. He's yeah. so cool. I thought that they should have done something like that with us. Totally. Yeah, dude, I agree. I agree. And I don't I just think they missed the mark on that. Um, anyways, they're fighting. Ezra's using the force to kill all these guys with force karate. Uh Shin attacks him, touch hits off a slice of his hair, and uh they're fighting, whatever. So at this point we see Thrawn's gunships that are arriving soon, and while Sabine and uh, Shin are fighting. Ahsoka and Balin are continuing their fight. Balin gains the advantage and knocks Ahsoka to the ground. Before he can strike her down, he deflects his blade with one of her lightsabers, but she parries, and Balin says she can't beat him. And then Ahsoka goes, I don't have to win, and then just runs away. Again, why didn't they use like some dialogue during this fight scene to kind of hint as to where these characters would be left in the finale? Also... I, what was the point of this fight? How was Balin there at that exact moment when she landed? What is he saying you can't interfere with? I never understood that. That's, that that's never what gets I resolved. mean. What, what interfere with his thing? Was she trying to fight him? Because she didn't want to fight him. She's like, you're in my way. No. But then she landed next to him to fight him. You could have avoided him. So I, I was just very confused by both these characters here. I thought it was a huge misstep in of Balin's character and Ahsoka's character to be like, how'd you even meet in the first place? I don't get how they met each other because neither of them wanted to see each other. And then Balin's like, you can't interfere. But if if you cared well, so much even, about interfering with Shin, you would have been, you'd be helping her, but that's not yeah, what he cares about. Yeah. That's what's so strange is you like interfering with what him and his yeah. journey or interfering with Shin, because you made a conscious choice to leave Shin to go do this so you could go off and do your own thing. So interfering with what? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like they could have used this scene to set up what happens in the finale. Because in the finale, you find out kind of what Balin's motivations are. It's like, oh, he's seeking the the Mortis gods. Or at least, I don't... That That's at least like the hint at, as to what it was. What would have been interesting is like you have to add little things in these scenes to help them push the story along. Like it would have been great if Balin and Ahsoka were fighting... And Ahsoka gets caught off guard and she looks up and she sees Morai, the little bird that represents the daughter. And she's like, oh, crap. And she gets distracted and maybe Balin gets the upper hand and injures her and then takes off. But that's what I mean. Like playing off what you're saying is like in these scenes, like these scenes don't serve a purpose to push the story along. It just feels like they're happening. Yeah. Yeah. It just 
I don't know. It didn't connect with me. That's it's, that's my whole complaint. I didn't. I just I'm like, what are? We're not showing enough, and we're not spending enough time with these moments. Like they fought very briefly, and it was a very underwhelming fight. I thought, and it was just I don't know, a little disappointing. It just didn't say. do anything to move anybody forward. It was like we're fighting yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And it's completely unclear what Balin's intentions are here, but I guess we're done now, so Ahsoka can go save her friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so whatever. They fight, and then uh, they Ahsoka goes and joins uh, Ezra and uh, Sabine, whatever. Thrawn's speaking favorably about his Jedi opponents. He's saying that the skirmish was a distraction from his plan, blah, blah, blah. And then they end up beating Shin and her zombie stormtroopers and then ahsoka's like hey you should help us. we should we can help you and then shin's like gives just a tense look doesn't say a word and then just runs away but the worst running form i've ever seen <laughs> nobody really knows how to run and, on this show no, no. <laughs> and uh sabine wants to chase after her and ahsoka's like no don't do it and i was like okay so she ran away all right again confused i don't I, I, she seems like someone who would want to fight and like has a lot of anger in her but she just runs away and like it's just doesn't a weird com- way to leave that character doesn't complete the task she set out to complete no like no conviction there also there was no excuse for her to lose that they had the upper hand um i don't know maybe it's just an experience um all right so ahsoka's relieved to see sabine they talk about how everything's great and sabine quips that she was wrong when Sabine thought Ahsoka was dead. Anyways, the episode, uh, Ezra starts speaking with Sabine and Ahsoka telling me he gets the feeling they'll be going home after all. And they watch the, uh, uh, they see Ahsoka's ship come down from above and then the episode ends. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I don't know. The, like we might as well just jump into the next one just so we can con- condense all thoughts into one. But I... Uh, yeah, I just it was, it was kind of confusing. On I'm trying to going to try to be as fair as I possibly can. It just a lot of the character choices were very confusing, and this is a I think kind of an issue with the season as a whole, which we can also get into at the end. Um, but the Bale and Shin thing just kind of bummed me out. Like the direction oh, yeah. they went with, it seemed like they just kind of sidelined them as characters and stopped investing in them. And then I don't know, they just they both made very strange choices. In my opinion, this episode was just a massive waste of time for everybody because it didn't progress the plot that much further. Other than getting Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra reunited, it didn't move the plot forward if you compare it to the last episode. Like, this is the episode prior to the finale, so it really needs to set up the finale and really set the foundation of what to expect in the finale. And it was so casual that we honestly had no idea what the setup was before the final episode of the season. And I just yeah. think it's really like Thrawn didn't do anything in this episode that moved him forward from the previous one. No. And the thing and that also, drives me like, crazy. What, what's so cool about his, I don't get what's so cool about him. Sorry. I haven't read all the expanded universe and the Canon books about who, who he is. He doesn't seem like a genius to me. In this show. Dude, like, he, like, He's just ordering people around with his behind <laughs> his back. And you're like, okay, what's going on? He, like, he is a Saturday morning cartoon villain. When something happens, slightly against his favor he goes ah exactly as planned twist my twirly mustache (laughs) like i'm the evil person here you know there's nothing remotely threatening about the guy i don't even know why we're supposed to be so scared of him 
Because yeah. he he also, he stayed in the same place this entire episode. He did not make any move forward. And in addition to that, there was no sense of urgency from Ahsoka, Sabine, or Ezra regarding the fact that he is planning to make his escape. And this whole episode, in my opinion, was way too casual. And it should have made us fearful going into the finale. Yeah, it should have been a kind of a cliffhanger. Like, what's going to yeah. happen? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like what's what's what are we leading up to? And it just it didn't really do that. It was just like... I don't know. There was no sense of urgency with any of this. Like, no one's really scared that they're in a totally different galaxy and they have no idea how they're going to get back. And we we don't know why Thrawn's this big scary bad guy. And maybe a lot of Star Wars fans do. I'm sorry, I don't know why he's this big scary super villain bad guy. Like, I don't I don't see it. I don't mm-hmm. understand it. And that's just me being genuine. Sorry. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And I guarantee you, a lot of people that watch this show are feeling the same way. And that's why this show is not going to be like crushing the ratings is people are just going to be a little lost. You're going to be sitting here like, I don't know, really understand these characters and what's going on and the context behind all this and the reading between the lines. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help that the writing is was not good with, with the way these characters talk to each other this episode. So um, I th- this episode was not my favorite uh, of the season, <laughs> to put it lightly. It was not good. <laughs> I didn't think it was great um, personally, but I'm going to still try to be positive here because we go into episode eight. All right. So if we can, I'd like to jump into episode eight and then we can give our full thoughts on this series. Yeah, go great for Great things about it. Bad things about it. Okay. So, so um, we're now jumping into episode eight. Let's jump into episode eight. Um, this one was called, what was it called? Uh, the Jedi, the Witch, and the oh, Warlord. I think right, it was like the right. Lion, the, the, the Witch, and the, the, witch wardrobe. And the Wardrobe. Yeah, taking some C.S. Lewis references here from Filoni. This was written by Dave Filoni, as every every episode was, and directed by Rick Famuiwa. Of I never know how to say his last name. Gosh, forgive me. <laughs> I think it's Famuiwa, or it's Famuiwa. I don't know. Either way. Um... Yeah, the line, the witch in the wardrobe is the title of this one. Official description is the hero's race to prevent Grand Admiral Thrawn's escape. Um, okay, so we start off at the fortress and Morgan's telling the Thrawn that the cargo transfer is complete. And then Thrawn tells Enoch to bring the Eye of Scion out of orbit so they can start leaving. Uh, they're like, hey, we know where Ahsoka is. And then Thrawn dispatches to TIE Fighters. Morgan's like, hey, there's nothing the Jedi can do to stop us. Uh, Thrawn admits falling victim to the heroics of a single Jedi and will not let it happen again. He is determined because he was he got got by Ezra, apparently. We, but they never under they never explained how Thrawn got there, which I also think is hysterical. They just assume every viewer is going to know. Which, guys, I'm sorry, I have to look at this show from a if I'm just going into Star Wars, there's a new show that's on the top feed of Disney Plus, and I want to watch it. I'm like, oh, it's Ahsoka, it's lightsabers. That looks cool. I like Star Wars. I watched some Star Wars growing up. I've seen the first. I've seen the movies. Right. You watch the show, and then they just assume you know everything about Thrawn and Ezra and Sabine, and you're like, okay, uh, I'm lost. <laughs> They should have at least. To Lythron is so bad. At the very least, they should dangerous. have opened the show with a flashback. They didn't have to do a lot. They could have shown glimpses of it, but they needed to do something to tie the non Rebels fans into it. Yes. Because I had to explain everything to Dad about yeah. this show, and that's a problem. 
yes, depending on who you ask. I know there's going to be Star Wars fans who get in the comments here and they're like, "Well, you're not a real Star Wars fan if you haven't watched that stuff." Okay, fine. You can see, you can tell you can tell me that. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm just coming to you from like a uh, an enjoyer of TV and movies, right? TV shows and movies. Like I, I, I should be able to enjoy something that someone puts out without having watched and read thousands of hours of content. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like. I just think that was a huge, a huge misstep. I still, by this episode, I don't buy Thrawn being this huge ultimate bad guy. All right. Um, and then, again, with the remark about how he vows not to let the heroics of a single Jedi like get him again, you're like, okay, I, wh- what are we talking about here? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Thrawn thanks the Great Mothers for their alliance, blah, blah, blah. Um, they ask if uh, the the mothers ask Morgan if she's willing to abandon her old life, and she's like, "I'm pledging my life." She really wants to restore Dathomir and and all that stuff, uh, which I kind of get her motivations. I think hers is pretty clear. Like, I think they could have done a better job at the beginning of cementing who she is. Like, yeah, like she's a night sister, or whatever, and then like, you know, say where what what Dathomir is and what happened or whatever and and then her her motivations are a lot more clear but she seems like very devoted and I think they did a somewhat decent job of her um her motivations right as a character yeah. well they also they gave her the the night sister baptism which is also something that we saw in clone wars with Asajj Ventress Oh right with that exact yes. dialogue it's like do you pledge yourself to they dot the your sister <laughs> mother <laughs> dolls <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you are watching <laughs> that <laughs> and you have no idea what's going on, you're like, what the hell? What is this? Um, all right, then they, they use their powers to forge this magic sword in the stone thing. The Blade, the Blade of Talzin, of Ta- get your facts Talzin. straight. <laughs> they give it to her and she, she clutches it and it burns green. And they're like, oh, it's this big samurai sword. Oh. Which was funny, I thought. Um Meanwhile, we see the Jedi shuttle over the convoy. Uh, Ezra's making his new lightsaber with Hu Yang. And they have a bunch of quips they say to each other through this part. Bridger's rummaging through the workshop, annoying Hu Yang, who says he has a system. I thought that was a funny line. He's like, I have a system. You know, like implying the droid is kind of unorganized. I thought yeah. that was funny. That was like a cool line. Good writing for Hu Yang. He doesn't have, he, honestly, I have no <laughs> comments on <laughs> his, his writing is the best character. on the show. It's very good. Uh, it, like, it's just well done. Hu Yang's asking who taught Bridger how to build his lightsaber, and then they mention Kanan. Again, no one has any clue who this is. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could maybe get some context here because they're talking about how they talked about how he was his master and stuff in this in this uh, point right here. Hu Yang's talking about how he's familiar with him, um, and Ezra's asking how old Hu Yang is, and he's like, "I'm old enough." Uh, uh, it can be both challenging and meaningful. Um, Wait, what did you just skip over? He says he's old enough, and then so Hu Yang remarks it makes uh, sense. Uh, and but he taught every Jedi youngling in the Jedi Temple, including his late master. And Hu Yang recalls that Caleb was clever, curious, and shy due to troubled times. Uh, and Bridger asks how old Hu Yang is, and the droid replies, "He's old enough to know that it can be both challenging and meaningful, like age, I guess." Uh, so he hands him a blade emitter. It was a spare he kept for Kanan, which he kind of just pulled out of nowhere. Well, here's the exact one I had for your master. Um, I just I just saved it for such an which occasion. Is, by the way, a cool emitter, I thought. It was kind of a neat emitter that they had. 
like yeah. this little plate on top of it. He ignites it. It's a blue lightsaber. He builds his own. Um, Again, I not playing into the whole "the force is my ally" thing. I don't need a saber. And yeah. then in the next episode, building a lightsaber for some weird reason. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think he was just like, no. I, it was more of like, I gave that to you. That was for you to use. I, I'll be fine without one. That's kind of how I interpreted what he did. I didn't think it was like a whole like I only need the force. I think it was more of just like a. I gave that to you as a gift. We're friends. Keep it. I'll be fine without it because I'm a badass kind of thing. That's kind of how I interpret. Until it. I need a lightsaber. Until I need one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, dude. I'm sorry. I just I thought it was dumb. Also, I thought that you had to go through this ritual to get a kyber crystal on a lum to forge your lightsaber, but apparently Hewing has a bunch of kyber crystals with him as well. I don't know. It yeah. just worked out a little too perfectly for the plot. Yeah, you can just it's build like, the lightsaber on the oh, ship. There you well, go. We have all this stuff. I mean, maybe I don't know, but to be fair, let's be fair. Maybe Ahsoka <laughs> collected them from Inquisitors. She's killed. I know, or... but we we can't. We that's a huge problem with the show is people are just filling in the gaps, you know, in their brains, yeah. as opposed to the story actually fleshing out these details because these details do matter. Mm. The in between parts do matter, and what this show is relying too much on is just skipping over the details because yeah. the plot needs it to, and that's the issue I have with scenes, scenes like this. Where yeah. it's like, oh, well, he's building a lightsaber now because the plot needs him to. So he can have it to fight in the next scene. Yeah. Like, that's the issue I have with that. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I don't disagree with that. I think you're. I think that's fair. That's a fair criticism. Um, So before Ezra can start practicing with Sabine, he looks around and she's, she's left the room. And so Ezra's like, hey, what's what's up with Sabine and Ahsoka? And Hu Yang's just like, oh, she was just concerned that... Sabine was training for the wrong reasons after the purge in Mandalore. The purge killed hundreds of thousands, including her family. And at the time, Ahsoka feared that if Sabine unlocked her full potential, she'd become dangerous. All right. So there's the final, like, we finally get, which to me is like, okay, fine. Why don't we talk about this earlier? I just, I don't get why they held it till the last episode to talk about this. Like, this could have been, this could have been, this that could've line could have been in the second episode. Also, it could have been their arcs for the entire season. Hmm. You know, like having to come to terms with things with the fact that things didn't work out in the past and that they now have to face each other and work with each other, even if that means the relationship is not going to be what they initially like intended as a master and apprentice. You could have put a really interesting arc in place for both Sabine and Ahsoka, and you just didn't. You just made them angry at each other without explanation for the entire season. And then when they got split apart, the audience was expected to have this reaction of, oh, my gosh, oh, no. But then the relationship wasn't established in the first place so we don't even really know what was lost yeah yeah i just and then we have given the characters more depth to do it to explain that at the beginning so then you understand their motivations a little bit more and why they talk to each other the way they do why ahsoka always looks at sabine judgingly (laughs) because they don't Um, like each other dude i the show has made that very clear they do not seem like they like each other they seem like they tolerate each other at the most yeah, and then it also I look back on like what is it the second or third episode where she's like she calls her Padawan, you know, and you're like and she's like mm, Padawan, and then they <laughs> blast off into space, and you're like, okay, like it just makes it <laughs> make less sense almost. I don't know. It's just, it just it, the whole relationship is where it's not showcased. Like, and they dropped Sabine's training after about the third episode. I think it was. <laughs> it's like Azoga was training her, and then they never do it again. 
nor, <laughs> nor do they talk about it or like what it means to be a Padawan. It's like yeah. they just throw these lines in when they need them to happen. It's not yeah. a consistent arc throughout the show. They just do it whenever they're like, okay, well, we need a line here about Jedi yeah. or why they fell out. That should yeah. not have been a throwaway line. That should have been the arc for the entire season for both characters. Yeah. Yeah, it just and we've talked about this since we we're like, why do they hate each other? No one knew. It's like that's not that big of a thing. It's like a, it's just a quip. It's just a quick line. It's a throwaway line. Yeah. Um. All right. So Sabine exits the shuttle, finds Ahsoka meditating on top of it. <laughs> There's weird choices like this throughout. Where I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, and Ahsoka asks if she's pleased, and Sabine's like, well, I'm relieved. And Ahsoka's like, well, your gamble paid off, and tells her that she knows about the deal with Balin. And then Sabine's like, well, I managed to find Ezra. And she's like, well, it might not have happened if you chose differently. And Sabine apologizes for destroying the star map, map but Ahsoka's like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Not a big deal. I don't know. I'd be pretty pissed. I'd be pretty pissed if I was Ahsoka. Dude, um, I, I but- imagine Ezra. Like, yeah. the fact that, like, Sabine hasn't told Ezra, uh, by the way, I traded off the map so I could see you again, but in doing so, I unleashed a potentially bigger threat on the galaxy. Yeah. Like, they needed to address that. Like, Sabine... Because of her choice, thousands of people are going to die, and all of those deaths will now be on Sabine. And the no. show just doesn't want to talk about that. No. No. Like, right. w- whether it's through Ahsoka, whether it's through Ezra, the show does not want to address the fact that Sabine made a critical mistake. And in doing that, she undid Ezra's sacrifice. Yeah, she totally did. And what totally. you should have done is create this sort of rift between Ezra and Sabine. Ezra being like, what do you mean you did this? Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yeah. I left so you could all be safe and you undid this? Like, that would be a huge deal to him because the the thing that they constantly hammer home in Rebels is the fact that Ezra's like, I will do anything to protect the people that I love. He has yeah. a whole arc on this in Star Wars Rebels Season 4 where he is, he comes very close to turning to the dark side and then he doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's so like for ha- to have Sabine make this very significant choice and then have no other characters have a problem with it is weird to me. And it's yeah. weak storytelling because then it says, oh, well, I guess the stakes don't exist or they don't really matter in the show. Yeah. It also just makes her <laughs> unlikable, dude. Like she's so selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like, everyone knows that's a selfish decision. Like, obviously, we can go, OK, you wanted to see your friend. But at the same time, when you saw your friend, it didn't seem like you really cared Cared. you just gave each other smirks (laughs) (laughs) and quipped and then apparently like everything else was fine it's just they did not there were no stakes in this finale and we can continue to talk about that but there were no stakes here and nobody wanted to discuss the fact that sabine made a critical error they were just like you know what there's going to be no repercussions for your shitty decision making yeah you can just make bad decisions and everyone will be okay with it yeah Dude, I I know. I'm gonna try to get through the these these <clears throat> next yeah. scenes quickly so we can get through our, our final thoughts on the season. Okay, so I'm sorry. G- getting back to this, uh, Ahsoka asks Sabine if she's kept up with her training, and she's like, "Well, I've gained better control over my lightsaber." And then Ahsoka does her classic like, "Wielding a lightsaber is the not the only thing about being a Jedi, and you trust in the Force." And it was just like I don't know. The dialogue here was. Very weak between these two. There's no chemistry, zero None. chemistry between no them. No chemistry between them. So then we see the TIE fighters approaching the shuttle. Uh, Ahsoka and Ezra jump onto the planes. They use their force powers to hold the ship so that the uh, turtle people can escape. They and then the they Sabine like crashes the shuttle into them. They they blow up and die and whatever. 
Thrawn orders Enoch to prepare for a ground assault. Then we get to Hu Yang and uh, the turtle people that are repairing the Jedi shuttle. Oh, Thrawn is talking about like, hey, are the volunteers aware of the Night Sisters? blessing or whatever and morgan's like yes they will give their lives for the security of the empire and the galaxy blah 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 basically send morgan and die <laughs> yep essentially the jedi and sabine re- reach the outskirts of the fortress just as the chimera what is it the big ship that thrawn is in Chimera. i don't know how to pronounce it i yeah. i have like no knowledge of the thrawn books Okay, so it's starting to dock in this Eye of Scion transport ring, whatever, and he's trying to take the Star Destroyer with him. Ahsoka's like, hey, how are we coming on the repairs, Hu Yang? And he's like, we're doing our best. And like, I thought that was also funny. Like, again, great writing for Hu Yang. Like, I thought that was funny, the little, like, when they mess up everything in the ship, and he's like, we're doing our best. <laughs> like, he's like, it might be a while, or whatever he says. Yeah, like he it. says something really funny there. He's like, you should just go. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't count on it. Ezra's explaining about how Thrawn woke the Great Mothers and rebuilt his warship, and he can't go alone. And Ahsoka's like, well, you're not alone. Don't worry. So Ahsoka's like, hey, let's just try the front door. Okay, great. Cool, cool, cool strategy. Thrawn orders his forces to bombard uh, the Jedi and Sabine, saying that there's no reasoning with Skywalker's apprentice. So as they start approaching, they just start J- Leroy Jenkinsing towards this fortress <laughs> under the uh, under the ship, and then they just start shooting lasers at them. And like, despite this, they're just fine. They're going probably thirty miles an hour tops on these things, and th- the ship has like a million lasers and it's shooting <laughs> they at the ground. Can't hit one of them. They can't hit any of them, which is just hysterical. <laughs> And they get to the gate and just open it up with their force powers, breaching it. And I'm just like, I don't know, dude, that was to me. I just I honestly like face palmed at that. I was like, what's going on? Like, we can't come up. I, I, I think the note I wrote was what the hell? Like, we can't come up with a more creative way for them to get in to there before the like as the ships raining down blaster fire, which would surely kill anyone else. They're just they have plot armor so they can get or fine. blow them off deal. their little creatures. Yeah, the creatures would get scared. Animals get frightened. Dude, creatures against uh, Star Destroyer. What? Dude, they have like <laughs> like homing systems, locking systems that they can shoot anything they want and they they just ride past them on these little wolf thingies. I don't know, dude. That was like such a bizarre choice of how they got into the fortress. Also just kind of lazy. We'll just have them ride in and just no matter what happens when we shoot at them, they're not going to make it in. <laughs> what? I it don't was, know. It, it was dumb. It was not a creative way to get them inside. No. I just thought it was very just like Again, what I said before, we have these beats we need to get to. They have to be in the fortress. Let's just have them ride up. Let's just, come on, get to the next beat. Let's get to, <laughs> get the, next to the next scene. beat. Yeah. It also makes Thrawn look even worse of a bad guy. You know, <laughs> he yeah. does not look competent with yeah. every move that he makes. It makes him look stupider and stupider. You know, yeah, the fact just, that he I didn't, didn't just see knock him as being Ezra. this mastermind. He doesn't seem like, he seems like kind of an oaf. Like they just, they <laughs> rode right in. They just rode right in. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, and he has that. he has night si- uh, sisters on his side. Yeah. So he couldn't just have the night sisters locate Sabine, Ahsoka, and Ezra and use their magic to kill them. And also, like, why can't you do something where he tricks them into going to a certain location, but he actually went to the other location and then he yeah. gets to his ship and they escape or something? Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. I'm not an expert here. Like, but like actually show his more brilliance. Creative. Stop telling us he's brilliant and actually give us a yeah. showcase of his brilliance. Exactly. Um, so we see the night troopers going down the stairs and converge on the intruders. Uh, and we proceed to have one of the most boring action sequences of all time. Like they're, <laughs> they're cutting down these people. Dude, the motions with the lightsabers here. I'm sorry, dude. It was like, please, 
And it was all it was all shot straight on. Like there were no yeah. interesting camera dynamics. You know that scene where they're all blocking and then when Ahsoka cuts the two zombies yeah. in the front and yeah. it's meant to be like an action like cool. hero Marvel yeah. pose. Yeah. The camera was so straight on, it just made it look really lame. It did. It did. It, did. <laughs> like, it was just like I don't know, like and the show up to this <laughs> these last couple episodes I don't think was the worst show in the world. Like there was some really good stuff and some. Yeah, they're and good they're elements, like, but these the last fighting two episodes scenes with fell Anakin off. and Ahsoka were cool. But this one is just like, first of all, it's just very, like hit, very, hit, 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 choreographed, telegraphed motions. And also, one thing that's bothered me about the fights, and this has bothered me throughout the whole season, I couldn't really put my finger on what it was, but I figured it out last episode when Ahsoka was fighting Balin, and this episode when they're in this scene fighting a lot of stormtroopers, deflecting, killing, whatever. Mm-hmm. No one's out of breath. No one's even showing any emotion. They're just like, oh, that was easy. But you're like yep. running around the room. You'd be there's got to be some exertion that you're doing by mm-hmm. fighting. There's nothing, none of that. They're just they're fine. Effortless. And Ahsoka has that moment where she's like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, care. Like that was <laughs> you guys. That wasn't intense at all. Like it was, was very no, marvelly. I knew you were going to be fine. They're not going to kill you. They already brought you back from the dead. There's no stakes here. So like, I don't. You know, I, I just, I don't know. The, the fight scene I thought was very There was no reason. It was also underwhelming because you had no reason to be concerned about anybody. They're not going to kill Ezra because they just found him. They're not going to kill yeah. Sabine because she has to be perfect Sabine. And she's like the new apprentice of Ahsoka. And yep. uh, Ahsoka is Ahsoka. And you're yep. not going to kill the lead of your show. So you had no. no reason to fear for any of them in this fight. No. And then the night the great mothers are chanting their little chants and they... <laughs> They like rise the night troopers from the dead and they become zombies, which I don't know. This was an interesting choice. I guess we could we we should have seen this coming, but they're just like (laughs) zombies, like trying to grab on them, and they obviously get away. Like I thought they were already. I thought they were already dead. I guess they made them less dead. (laughs) (laughs) You kill them twice, they come back even more powerful. And obviously, obviously they do nothing because they're worthless and they're moving half speed now. So they make quick work of them. And then, uh, what's his name? Thrawn is like, hey, we need more time to to Morgan. And she's like, fine, no big deal. I don't care. And she's like, uh, Thrawn and the Great Mothers (laughs) leave. And they're like, for the Empire. And she's like, no, for Dathomir or whatever. Um, (laughs) So she goes to take him on. For Narnia um, and for Aslan. <laughs> so then, yeah. For Narnia and for Aslan. And so, which, oh, we can get to the title of this in a sec. But <laughs> then we see the Jedi uh, encounter Morgan in this large chamber. And then Ahsoka's like, hey, guys, go after Thrawn. I'll deal with her. Okay. So then Ezra and uh, Sabine mm-hmm. leave her and then they start fighting the Ahsoka and uh, Morgan. And she uses her super secret magical sword, the sword of Dathomir or whatever it's called. <laughs> the Blade uh, of Talzin. Yeah, the Blade get of your, Talzin. Get your fucking facts Sorry. straight. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, Thrawn, meanwhile, Thrawn's like, hey, we, we need to go. Um, Morgan's putting up a good fight with, with Ahsoka. And in the meantime, we see these death troopers that are fighting Sabine and Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabine's struggling to use the force, but she's getting bested by one of them. She's struggling to use the force to get her lightsaber, and then she finally was able to cut off the guy's head or whatever. Or maybe that was later when Ezra did it. Yeah, Ezra cuts off the guy's head, and we see that part. And it's like, they don't show it, and it's like, why? 
Why can't we show that? Why can't we show the guy's head getting cut off? That was very weird to me. I'm sorry if this is like super nitpicky, but it's like we've seen Jango no. Fett's head get cut off in front of his kid. Like we can't show. We've also seen, you know, Anakin cutting off Count Dooku's head. We've seen limbs chopped off in Star Wars. But for some reason in these Disney Plus shows, lightsabers don't really do any of that. Mm -mm. It's just very, very strange. It's very strange that they won't let that happen. Um, Yeah. Also, did you get past the whole Sabine uses the force moment? Because I have words. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I kind of glossed over that. But yeah, she does use the the thing and then kills the guy. Um it, yeah, that was was, that scene. it was another now stand and clap for this moment <laughs> yeah it, it, it had all the weight of you should applaud for this now and then ezra does the same thing literally two seconds later only it's way more effortless so you're like well what was the point of that it's like more it. ridiculous in the next part of this scene <laughs> so we see ezra and uh sabine aren't able to reach the, the destroyer in the hangar in time and uh, meanwhile, we see the undead night troopers joining Morgan in her battle against Ahsoka, who <laughs> aim their blasters at. Uh, I'm sorry, they're there. They're aiming at him, but they're like they're not deciding to fight with them, which is also kind of weird because they're zombies. They don't know any better, right? I don't know. That was kind of weird. And then um, at this point, Sabine's like, "Hey, what if I pushed you? Force pushed you? Even though I just learned the force like two seconds ago, I can push you up into the Star Destroyer." <laughs> And Ezra's like, can you sure you can do that? And she's like, I'll try. And then Bridger does a force jump, and then she pushes him with another moment that's supposed to be, like, super groundbreaking and badass. Clap. And it's and, like the now um, clap moment. And, of course, guess what? He doesn't fall. Isn't that crazy? He doesn't actually so fall. Crazy, he dude. makes the jump. Um, <laughs> he appears to fall, but then he grabs onto the ladder and drags one of the Imperial sentries down, and Ren shoots the second sentry. And you're like, yeah, badass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so just, this was the lack like, of logic here it just dude it, while i'm watching it i'm like wait a minute you just learned the force two seconds ago ezra trusts you to be able to push him he I, did we <laughs> even know if he saw her use the force she didn't even question it he's like yeah sure i guess i'll try and then get my up until this point stance. he would have no idea that she could even use the force because they never talked about it yeah. so he has no notion of her force abilities, if, yeah. if she has force abilities. So the fact that she would just say that, he would naturally, the response would have been, what are you talking about? When what you are you talking about? When yeah. did you learn the force? And honestly, the only reason they did this, dude, is because they needed Sabine to be stuck behind with Ahsoka. But again, yeah. you couldn't have written it in a different way. <laughs> I know. Like, like did, did it have even to need be them to not be able out? to reach it? Why wasn't it like she made some kind of choice to be like, I got to stay here. You go. I'll, yeah. I got to stay and help I have Ahsoka. to help Ahsoka. It could literally have just been that. Them yeah. having a conversation, him being like, I can't leave you. And she's like, we fought to get you home, despite my shitty decision making. So you go yeah. and I'll help Ahsoka. Like, yeah. they could have just said that and that would have been infinitely better than watching a scene where Sabine's magically all of a sudden able to use the Force in these amazing ways. When the whole yeah. series, it's showcased, hey, she sucks at it. So, yeah. Well, I think the idea, too, was Ezra was going to pull her over, I guess, use force pull and pull her in. He and could have just she, pushed her before, at first, before. and he could have jumped. Yeah. And then, like, uh, but he wouldn't have made it, Melissa, because he couldn't jump far enough. I don't know. Well, she could have she could have force pulled him. 
Yeah. So he could have thrown her over, and then she could have magically pulled him over because she's suddenly good with the force. She is. She's an expert now. <laughs> she's, she's an expert at using the force. Um, so before she can join him, she's distracted by the sight of Ahsoka fighting Morgan with the night troopers. Um, while Morgan and Ahsoka are fighting, she ends up bra- busting up one of Ahsoka's lightsabers, which... I don't know. Is this chick really? Oh yeah, I forgot about Ahsoka? that. Ahsoka, like I don't know. I I don't know. I just I, Ahsoka's supposed to be this elite Jedi, and this chick is just a night sister with a cool samurai sword. And Ahsoka beat her easily before. And well, she got baptized as a Death Mirror night sister, so she has more. It destroys power. one of Ahsoka's lightsabers, which is tragic. Um. And then Elsbeth is like kind of taunting Ahsoka that her friends are dead and she's gonna die alone. And uh, then Sabine comes in and starts fighting all the night troopers who are just standing around watching for some reason, which I still don't really understand, to be honest. That um, is, that's such a good point, dude. I yeah. didn't even think about that. They were literally just watching yeah. and they could have just shot Ahsoka. Yeah, easily. When they, they were did. standing in the circle. Ah, it's, like a, see, it's the little things, dude. It's, yeah. it's the little, little things in this show. <laughs> yeah, it just it's not thought out, I don't think. Like... You don't explain why. If there's an explanation for it, fine. But there was no Then you have to give the explanation. You have to give the explanation. And they did not. The The zombies just stood there being good zombies. <laughs> maybe maybe Morgan. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she used her night sister magic to tell them to stand off, uh, to stand down. I don't know. Again, you filling in the gaps. We shouldn't have yeah. any of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Okay. So I... Uh, we see here after uh, that happens, um, Ahsoka manages to win the battle and just slices Morgan across the waist with her remaining lightsaber, killing her. Um, the, uh, the great mother sensed the death of her sister and Thrawn's like, well, she did her duty. All right. She sacrificed herself for Dathomir. Okay. And then Sabine has another now clap moment where she comes back to save Please Ahsoka. Please clap. A, a Jeb Bush moment. Please clap. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we see, uh, meanwhile, we see Ezra coming back. Uh, oh, he's impersonating the night trooper using his comlink. Uh, uh, Soak asks where Ezra is and uh, Sabine's like, well, he's aboard the ship. Meanwhile, Thrawn orders the turbo laser batteries to bombard the fortress and destroy it. The undead night troopers are pursuing Ahsoka and Sabine off a cliff, but the two escape on Ahsoka's Jedi shuttle, which Huyang is flying. So perfect timing. He knew exactly where they were. Great. Um, Ahsoka and Sabine join Huyang inside the cockpit and divert power to the engines. They rise inside the atmosphere and pursue the Eye of Scion. And they're like, hey, the Jedi is closing in to Thrawn. Thrawn's like, uh, let's open a channel. So he starts talking to Ahsoka. He's like, I know you because I know your master. I've never met face to face, but trust me, I know who you are. I'm super smart and tactical and I know all these things just because, believe me, I do. Um, he, uh, let's see, his son says long with the empire and, and ends up being like, Hey, well, I'm going to leave you. See you later. And then they blast off into space and knock the ship all around. Um, then later we see Ahsoka and Sabine returning with their wolf thingies to their, to the turtle people convoy. Um, Ahsoka sees Morai in the distance, the little bird thing you were talking about. And then, meanwhile, we see Shin riding towards a camp of the Red Bandits, and then it just ignites her lightsaber, 
drawing their attention. And then elsewhere, we see Balin reaching two statues of the Father and the Son, and as he stares into the mountains beyond. Back in the main galaxy, Thrawn with Enoch and the Great Mothers watch from a balcony as the Eye of Scion and their ship approach Dathomir. Um, we see all these co uh, coffins from the catacombs of the uh, ship stored inside the hangar. Then we see a ETA-class shuttle lead, uh, landing in the hangar of Home One, which is where the New Republic is, and we see Hera and Chopper and other New Republic soldiers being lame, standing around. Um, and we see a lone trooper emerge with his mask on. And we see Chopper uh, speaking in binary, approaches the figure, who approach, uh, reveals himself to be Ezra. He just walked out of that ship for dramatic effect, I guess. <laughs> Hera's super surprised. Actually, some of the best acting we've seen from her this season. That was probably she, the best acting she, that she had yeah. in the entire show. She genuinely looked surprised. That was good. And was happy to see him come home. And then we get to the last scene of the show where we see Ahsoka and Sabine outside alone in the Turtle People camp. Um, they have this conversation. Sabine's upset that Thrawn escaped, which is all her fault. Um, but Ahsoka says they managed to send Ezra home. And Sabine says she hopes that Ezra succeeded. Ahsoka responds that uh, Ezra's where he needs to be, and so are they. Ahsoka tells Sabine it's time to move on as they watch the night sky. Sabine says she senses something, uh, but doesn't really say much more than that. And then Ahsoka stares into the night sky, uh, and we see the force spirit of Anakin Skywalker watching over them, um, which was cool. Good to see my boy. I'm never going to complain when we see my boy Hayden Christensen. Um, but some a couple things to dissect here. Number one, Shin oh, riding towards things. the cap, uh, the camp of Red Bandits, ignites her lightsaber and just. Hangs she out. killed them. She killed them all. Yeah, what's not just the men, now? but the women and yeah. the children. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> what was the, is she their leader? Like, what's I don't I'm so confused with the Balin Shin part of this. He's on the father and son statues. First of all, they weren't in this episode for whatever reason. Why weren't they players in this final episode? No clue. No clue. I'm I'm very what confused. A by waste. This. So like genuinely I would like to know like what 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 they, they just these were such interesting characters and they just sidelined them for the last two episodes for no reason. And I'm I'm very confused. Why did Balin leave Shen? Truly, do you know why? Can you explain this if Cuz he went have... to go see the Mortis gods, but they didn't explain that in any of the dialogue or the exposition in these last two episodes. Yeah. They vaguely hinted towards, oh, he's leaving her so he can go look for the, the Mortis gods, I guess. Yeah. Because then they left off on that cliffhanger where he's standing on the hand of the father of Mortis. But if yeah. that's the case, you need to make that a little bit more clear. Because it didn't really seem like he was going to be leaving her up until the last two episodes. So no. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I don't think they set that up. I don't think that they made that clear. I have no idea what Shin's purpose is in all of this. I Everybody was theorizing that she was going to join Ahsoka and then Ahsoka was like going to train her for whatever reason, which I don't know if I would have been crazy about that, but at least that would have put Shin somewhere. But yeah. Shin is aimless. She's not doing anything. Balin is off looking for the Mortis gods, which is okay, great. That's an exciting part of the episode. But why didn't we set up that foundation throughout the show? Like, um, Also, Bail why did he leave her? I don't understand why he left Shin. Dude, nobody does. What What was that? I don't know. Genuinely. Genuinely, dude, I, I do not know why he left Shin. And if the, if the answer is Balin left Shin because he's looking to pursue the son or the father or the daughter or the trio or whatever it is, they need to outline that in the dialogue, or at least they need to hint towards that more. 
Or maybe show us Shin and Balin drifting apart in the series up until the point where he yeah. leaves. But there was no buildup to it. It was just very random. It was like, okay, well, our characters are done interacting for now because the plot needs us to be done. So I'm going to go off here and do my own thing. Yeah. They didn't give any reasoning for it. And that's why I think it was so vague. And I think and I, that... <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. No, I think the reasoning was he felt the Mortis gods calling to him, but they didn't even outline that or make that clear. Like, if you don't know who they are, you have to explain that. You can't just gloss over that. It's a big deal, especially for a character like him, who I've loved up until these last two episodes where they just kicked him to the curb and were like, sorry, we're not going to talk about you anymore. It is such a waste to cut off Balin Shin because I think that they are a huge reason why so many people kept coming back to this show. I think most fans would agree that Balin was the highlight of Ahsoka by far. I think Shin's so. Cool. I think a lot of people think he was one-dimensional. I disagree. I think he was interesting. He did have a lot of like one-liners, which they could have expanded upon more, but he made him interesting and mysterious. And then for what? They didn't They didn't do anything. They didn't reward they, you at the no. end. They needed to give you some kind of reward to say, okay, this is what he's doing. And they kind of did that, but they didn't do it in a satisfying way. It was just no. a vague, oh, well, he's going over here. Yeah. No, so exactly I feel like he, it was. he, he was left. wasted potential. And Shin was wasted his potential. Ap- apprentice. Yeah. Totally wasted potential. What's she doing now? She's just going to live on that planet. I'd be pissed if I was her. He seems to be happy and uh, thinking about life, I guess, pondering <laughs> life. Um, and yeah, I just, I I am very upset that, that they didn't do anything with these two characters, which were very interesting and I think pretty well written up to this point. And then they just kicked him to the curb and said, sorry. Uh, You're not going to have any role in the final two episodes. No. And we're not going to give you any development. So I think they were definitely wasted. I think that um, it is very, very strange that everyone is as casual as they were in this finale regarding the threat of Thrawn's return. In my opinion, I would have loved... pretty much didn't care at all. Ahsoka and Sabine are now exactly where they were at the start of the series, only they're the ones trapped on Peridia. Yeah. yeah. So the entire show just ended up exactly where it started off with it, which is two characters are trapped on this other galaxy and we have to go get them. And now yeah. Ahsoka and Sabine are those characters. Well, and also now I look at this and I go, what is Sabine's arc? She made a big mistake. She made a huge, tiny mistake, as Joe Bluth would say from Arrested Development. <laughs> and then that's it. She ruined everything. It's her fault Thrawn's back. And then there's no consequences for it. Ezra's gone. Nor is really, anybody afraid. Nobody's she afraid. Really, <laughs> she doesn't really care that much that she left Ezra after caring about it so much at the beginning of the season, kind of. No one's afraid that Thrawn's gone. Ahsoka's character arc, there is none. There's literally, I couldn't tell you what her start to finish story was because the show isn't about Ahsoka at the end of the day. If we want to be honest real quick, it's Rebels season five, okay? And that means nothing to me, okay? And it means nothing Mm -hmm. to 90% of the people who are seeing that show pop up on Disney+. Plus. Ahsoka had no movement at all. She just looked at people smugly the whole show and had very mediocre lightsaber fights <laughs> um balen could was so close to having an arc like a, a nice character story nope same with shin nope thrawn definitely not he's just was trying to escape did not show any sort of intelligence beyond just being a general ezra might as well not have been a character because they didn't expand upon him at all Hu yang uh, he's a droid but he's perfectly written and he can do nothing wrong 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just the show was all over the place. And the way it ended, you know, we see the four spirit of Anakin Skywalker looking over them. Okay, cool. You can get me with the feels with that. But at the same time, like it wasn't earned. No, it didn't bring anything full circle. Like you can throw Hayden as many times as you want in this show. But at some point, you're going to get to a place where you're like, now you're just doing it so people tune in. Yeah. When he appeared, when he appeared was episode four, I think. When he appeared in episode four or or five Five. or whatever, that was really exciting. I love Hayden Christensen. I love seeing him come back to this role. I think that he could have had a really prominent part to play. But in in every appearance that they threw him in afterwards, and I'm not going to lie, it gets me. I love Hayden Christensen. I'm never going to complain when we see him. But by the time we got to this end, it was like, okay, well, why are you doing this? What's the point of you doing this? Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like an earned moment for the characters. This feels like you're just doing it because you can do it. Well, they also just showed him for one episode. Like, we didn't see a full connect. They didn't do enough with them in that episode. And we talked about this. when it. Like, I loved those scenes for the first half of that episode, but... Made it was confusing on what that. the messaging was. The messaging was really Super confusing. confusing. Super um, confusing. You could pull a million different lessons out of that. Uh, the the gist I think that most fans came to the conclusion was is you need to not be like a victim of life and you need to choose to live. But even that was a half-baked idea because that was maybe a quarter of episode five. And then the rest of the episode was about Ahsoka floating in the water and then Carson and yeah. Hera. Yeah, which was unnecessary. You could have done the whole episode on them in the world between worlds, him talking to her more. I don't know. But I think like let's wrap this up nicely because this is the end of end of this this episode, right? End of the season. Okay. Um, I think we need to get into some thoughts here as a whole. Like and we we've kind of gotten into that. Um but I want to talk about a couple different things. And I want to try to be positive here because I, I tried my best to enjoy this show, like, and really, really enjoy it and love it. I tried to love it. I really did. And I've been very positive about it thus far. Mm -hmm. Um, These last two episodes for me just didn't do it. I thought it was lazy writing, if I'm being honest. I think it was half-baked. I think they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't take time to explain and treat their audience with, the respect that they need and, and the information that they need to understand and appreciate the show. Um, however, series as a whole, I love the cinematography for most of it. I think some of the cinematography in these last two episodes specifically was weird. Um, and there was a couple scenes here and there throughout that were a little weird, but the world building elements were good. I think that was a very strong point. Some really cool sets. Set design was awesome. It really was strong where Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett and Mando struggled. I think they did a really good job with world building stuff. I think Balin and Shin were super cool up to the last two episodes. Super cool. Just That's wasted characters. Zero arc. They just kind of left them in the dust. But there was a lot of potential, especially for Ray Stevenson. I just I think he really carried a lot of the show i think he was really interesting but they wasted it at the end um anakin was amazing i think he's the only one who fought cool the only scenes that were really well choreographed were with him and ahsoka because he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing dude and like i've watched those scenes again and it's just he's such a standout i think his acting was on point obviously for who we know this character as that was a highlight and that's what everyone that's why anyone who's watching the show is not a diehard star wars fan watching the show is because of hayden christensen which i have another point on that i'll get back to in a minute who yang's really well done 
super interesting character, well-written, a lot of thought and time put into him. I just don't know if we didn't have the same thing with everyone else. The Night Sister thing was cool. Like them was an interesting element. It got a little corny and a little unexplained with the little red beam drone thingies. But I think that planet they were on was cool. Their the ideology is cool. The new galaxy was really cool. Um, CP, C3PO was fine, I guess. But there was a lot of really positive things. The music in the show. Oh, my God. Fantastic so from start good. to finish. I think it's the most Star Wars-y music we've heard in the show. And huge shout out to Kevin Kiner. Um, just really well done and I'm, I'm i'm very impressed with that and i think that was very refreshing to hear so those are the positive things that i have to say um things i don't like there is zero context for a lot of the stuff in the show i understand you have to see rebels right to fully understand it but that's stupid the show should stand on its own i'm sorry it should it needs to stand on its mm -hmm. own to have a good tv show it needs to be able to stand on its own Better Call Saul is a spinoff of Breaking Bad. Frasier is a spinoff of Cheers. You don't need to have watched Cheers or Breaking Bad to see either of those shows. You can still appreciate mm -hmm. them for what they are and who the characters are because they stand on their own. Mm -hmm. It would help if you watched the other shows. It adds to the story. If and There's little moments here and there that add to the show. But those shows stand on their own. I can add a million different examples if we really wanted to. But this lack of context was very disappointing for me. Um the New Republic is lame and uncool. I don't, I think it was, it's always been poorly written. I think um, it's just not that interesting. Hera, not an interesting character. I think the era acting was subpar with her. Uh, could have been much, much better. Uh, she's a horrible mom. <laughs> uh, bring, bring your kid honestly, to war take her out of Honestly, take her out of the show and you lose nothing. You lose absolutely nothing. Um, the acting throughout the show just never really got better with certain characters. I th I really wanted to love Rosario Dawson, but she never stood out for me. It just she mm -hmm. folded her arms and gave judgmental looks, and that was it for her. Um, on that note, Sabine was like super unlikable. Uh, there was really mm -hmm. not a lot of redeeming qualities for her. Her relationship with Ezra was weak and not well explained and not well telegraphed and shown and. Uh, just the character didn't click and I think a lot of people would agree with that um, Ezra seemed like he would have been cool but he was just mm -hmm. wasted potential he should have used his lightsaber in the first fight it could have been a huge moment for him to show what a badass this guy is you know why mm -hmm. we've been talking about him why they're friends they never showed any of that he just there was I, I'm telling you guys I wanted to love this it just didn't hit Thrawn on the note of characters, didn't seem that smart. Everyone's, I've always, I have a lot of friends who love the Thrawn books. They, they, they love the Thrawn books. They, they've been telling me to read mm -hmm. Heir to the Empire for a long time. I didn't see any of this menacing stuff. He, he didn't live up to his reputation. That's no, that's no diss on Lars Mikkelsen. I think his voice was cool, but he just said cool things. He didn't, <laughs> I didn't see any smart tactics. You know, I, I it was just all very basic stuff. He wasn't a genius. You know, he didn't really fool them into anything. He just stood around and said stuff in a certain way. Um, Night Sister Morgan was unlikable. I don't think that character super needed. I think we could have gotten rid of her after Mando. I wasn't that impressed with her. It's just kind of an extra character we didn't need to spend time on because there's a billion other characters in the show. Mm -hmm. um, for the New Republic, I think we should have seen more about what's going on there. If you're going to show the lame and uncool <laughs> New Republic, show what's going on in Coruscant and what's happening, like what they're actually doing. Uh, they just seem so lame. I don't know how else to put it. Um, and then finally, like, 
I, you know, I, I, I support Dave Filoni. I think he's been a huge helping hand with getting a lot of this star Wars stuff off the ground and, uh, helping with Mando and some story points and getting the lore there and all that. But the dialogue was so weak with, with this show and the writing was just not punchy. It just wasn't believable. It, it just felt like a very cheap kid show at the end of the day, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Um, and I just, I, it had every reason to be an amazing show. There's no reason it shouldn't be amazing. We've had plenty of Star Wars shows at this point. Mando Season 2 was really good. Obi-Wan Kenobi could have been great. It just wasn't. Mando Season 3 could have been great. It wasn't. But Book of Boba Fett had some great moments, but it wasn't a great show. It just felt messy. The show felt very messy and just all over the place. I, I don't understand why it's called Ahsoka. It's just Rebel Season 5. Why is, Ahsoka didn't have an arc. We bear, we focused on her, only her, for one episode. That was the best episode with Anakin and even that wasn't driven home 100% what the point was. Mm-hmm. I had friends text me who aren't rabid Star Wars fans who go, bro, I'm having the toughest time with this show. Like, I just don't. And I wanted them to like it. I wanted them to yeah. be like, oh, this is awesome. But I had multiple people, like, talk to me and be like, is this show worth watching? I'm like, well, you know, there's a couple episodes. Like, the Anakin stuff is awesome. If you like Anakin, then yeah. They're like, yeah, that's what I want to see. And I'm like, all right, well, you're going to have to watch a couple episodes before that. So they watched it up to that point, And they're like, dude, I'm so lost. There's, I, I have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they watched it up to the point where Anakin was in, and then they just stopped. They were like, I stopped watching the show after that because I couldn't follow. I didn't know what was going on. It just wasn't good. And, well, and that's really not for me. To. That's not for me, dude. That's from other people who have told me. Like, I'm friends with them. I'm very close. Our brother's one of them. Mike texted me and was like, yeah. I-, I wanted to like the show, dude. It's just I-, I-, I just don't. And that'll tell you a lot of what you need to know about it. Like, that's not a good mm-hmm. sign. Your show should be able to stand on its own. So – um, while there was really good moments and really good features with it that I was really happy about, like the cinematography, the music, um, Hu Yang and the Anakin stuff, it, it just it missed the mark at the end of the day. The, the the full story of the season just was very unfulfilling, I think. So sorry, I just did a huge word vomit there, but no, um, that's just kind of how I feel. And I'm, bum- I'm bummed out. I'm not happy sitting here like, oh, it was the worst. I'm not just trying to shit on it for the sake of shitting on it. I just think it missed the mark big time. Uh, these last two episodes especially like these two really mediocre episodes in a row didn't tie things up nicely and it just left me feeling a little exhausted uh, from Star Wars if I'm being honest I was looking forward to these episodes week after week and it just it changed at the drop of a hat (laughs) so I don't know hope that's not too negative hope it wasn't too mean but I mean I don't really know what I'm going to say now in response to that because I think you pretty much hit every nail on the head that I would have expressed Genuinely, like, I don't know what I could say that would differ in opinion from you. I think that, like, the music, absolutely incredible. No qualms on that. I agree with everything you said about Ezra, Sabine, Ahsoka, Hera. I think you could have taken um, characters like Hera and Morgan out. I don't think the focus was in the right place for a lot of the story beats. For me, personally, the story just felt very surface level. You're seeing the iceberg, but you're not looking, there's nothing underneath the iceberg. Yeah. There's nothing building it up. And it just felt really shallow. And I don't feel good saying that. Like, I'm not mm. saying that because I want to actively bash on the show or just complain about it to complain. But I think these final two episodes really hurt the show. After yeah. after episode... Mm, what what episode did Anakin appear in? Five? Yes. I think, I think the show took a hard turn for the worse after episode five. In fact, I 
I went into the show with the expectation that it would only get better. But I think by the time I'm, I know a lot of people that loved episode six, I am not one of those people. I don't, in, in fact, I'm struggling to understand why people liked it so much. I thought it fell on its face really, really hard. And one of those reasons being the Sabine and Ezra reunion. There was like no reaction from either of those characters. Yeah. And that's where I started to go, oh no, I think we might be in trouble. And then episode seven happened last week and I, I felt nothing. Like I, I turn off these episodes, Matt, and I don't think about it after they they finished and i yeah. hate that i really yeah. hate that like in, in comparison to like clone wars yeah. season seven as an example i could not stop thinking about that for weeks i loved that season i loved the final four episodes yeah. in my opinion are some of the best star wars ever written and this show just didn't leave any impression on me and i think these last two episodes really really hurt it um again i don't think i'm going to say much that differs from your opinion i pretty much share all of your sentiments. The one thing I will say is, uh, I do wish that the show had been animated as originally planned because I think Dave Filoni is king of animated Star Wars content. But I also think that with him writing this show, it also exposed maybe a lot of his weaknesses as a sole writer. Yeah. As opposed to having a story group and a team of people to give their their different input and to bounce ideas off of and go, does this story thread make sense based on what we have set up in episodes one, two, three, four, five? Yeah. And I feel like maybe some of his soul writing got exposed here as uh, not being the best. Yeah. Because he was the only person on the team. Totally. And so for that reason, I'm just wondering, I'm like, I think the show would have been better had it had it been animated as originally planned. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm disappointed. I don't like saying that, but like this show did not make any impression on me. And I don't think it needed to be live action. Yeah. I don't think it needed to be the route that it actually it definitely ended up didn't. going down. I was nervous about it when they announced it. Um because I didn't I felt the same way. I didn't know if they were gonna need the live action portion of it. And I don't think they did. I think you're totally right. It probably would have landed better as an animated show. In my it opinion, just, the animated series are lacking. the strongest. I agree. I agree. They're, they're, so they're strongest for, from him, uh, Filoni at least. Um, and it, you know, I'm still going to root for the guy, you know, root for Filoni, but it did expose a lot of weaknesses with, with the writing. I think we need, you need some writers in there who like, we need to, Disney needs to recruit some writers who, are professionals at like stories, story arcs, character arcs, how to connect everything. And like, they just haven't done that with star Wars. They haven't invested in that. And that's disappointing, but I'm disappointed with this, but I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm just exhausted with star Wars. And I'm also a little sleep deprived because I have a newborn child who I do have to go attend to at the moment. So we should probably wrap this up. It's been a long episode. It's been a very long episode, but we haven't chatted in a while and we did break down two episodes and we're giving our thoughts on the entire series. So real quick, what would you rate episode seven? What would you rate episode nine? And what would you rate the season as a whole? I'd rate episode seven like a four. I was going to say 4.5 slash five. Yeah. And I'd rate episode eight uh, maybe like a f- five, maybe a little less. It's just right middle of the road for any kind of episode. Nothing really crazy to take away. And just as a season ender, very weak. Very weak stuff, especially for Balin and Shin. They deserved better. Um, and so did Thrawn, honestly. Um, series as a whole, these last two episodes really tanked it for me, honestly. It did, yeah. Like, I would give it a maybe a six, 6.4, I think, is what I'd probably go with. 
it's slightly above average because of the Anakin stuff. And there's really good cinematography. There's really good music. The sets are cool. The acting is just not there. The writing's not there. The story's not there. Uh, and I couldn't, I wouldn't recommend this to somebody. I wouldn't. I, and that's just honest. I wouldn't. If someone asked me, should I watch the show? I'd be like, you could probably skip it. It's you not. You could watch episode five and then nothing else. It's must not must watch Star Wars, in my opinion. And I, I don't. It's, that sucks. But that's just the way it is. So. Yeah, I don't sit here wishing it was bad, but I'd, I'd have to give the ratings the same. I think episode seven's probably a four point something. I don't know, 4.4. Out of 10, episode eight's probably like a late fours, early five out of 10. And then the season as a whole, I, I would agree with you. I think it's probably in the sixes. Yeah. And again, like the Anakin stuff was good and I really, really, really enjoyed it. And overall, there are a lot of things to like about the show and to appreciate. But I don't think that all of those small individual elements are enough to save the show as a whole. And I'm sad about that because I really, really came into the show wanting to love it. I had yeah. nothing but like positive expectations, but I agree with you. I think these last two episodes really, really tanked the show for me. Yeah. And I just now have a bad taste in my mouth. And yeah. that doesn't feel good to say. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I, honestly, I just don't know how to feel about Star Wars right now. So I wanted yeah. to love this one, but I didn't. And now I'm just left going, well, is, is any of it going <laughs> to... Come back around. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, look, dude, I'm I'm exhausted with it. Like, I'm exhausted, obviously, because I'm not getting much sleep at the moment. But I, those last two episodes just didn't wrap up anything very nicely. And it just made me going like, oh, God, like another show that just kind of ended. All right, whatever. And look, people roast us in the comments if you <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Drag us. Fair, and I'm trying to be honest. Yeah, I'm trying to be honest here about how I felt with the show. It just felt me leave, like wanting – something else, something different, something more than what they gave us. And I always try to be as fair as possible. And I'm still trying to be as fair as possible. I think fairly what I'm saying is the show was not good. It was not, yeah. it was not wrapped up well. I think if you enjoyed it, great. I'm so happy you enjoyed it. I really, really am. It just wasn't for me. Uh, my standards are very high, like very high. I, I, Cause again, I'm comparing this to all TV shows that have ever existed. Okay. There's some really good TV shows out there. And if you're comparing it to the Breaking Bad, the Sopranos, the True Detectives of the World, it is not even in the same universe. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for today, guys. And that's it for actually a while. I don't know when yeah. our next episode will be. Maybe we'll do a Star Wars news episode at some point soon. But I have my hands full, as everyone can probably imagine. Uh, having a newborn is tough work. But we're loving life. Everything's great. Family's happy. Baby's sleeping a little bit better now. Um, I don't but, know. Maybe we'll watch one of those uh, Star Wars specials from the, yeah, the 70s or the, yeah, the 80s. Maybe, I want to do a Kenobi movie Patterson cut uh, reaction still. So maybe I'll do that in the next couple weeks. Um, so stay I know I've been saying that for a while, but my life's been a little busy. So <laughs> maybe I'll do that. Maybe we can do that together or something. But uh, Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That'd or maybe nice. a live stream talking about the show maybe we do something like that maybe we do a live stream talk about the show and see what our viewers think what do you guys think by the way yeah let us know in the comments roast us if you want that's totally fine <laughs> i get it some people really really like the show and are mad to hear us complain about it but i don't think our criticisms are totally off to be honest no but, i don't um yeah maybe we do like a, a a live stream 
chat through for like an hour sometime this week. It would it would be nice to do a live stream chat through to give everybody a chance to share their thoughts or talking points that we might have missed because it's it's a lot to talk about and break down. But yeah, guys, drop a comment and let us know your thoughts on the season as a whole. What would you rank it? I'd be really interested to see how people would rank it. Let us know. Let us know how you're feeling about the future of Star Wars right now. But I think that's pretty much our thoughts on this episode and the season as a whole. So yeah, we'll see you guys next time, hopefully on a live stream and we'll talk more. Okay. See you guys guys later. later.